All right, good evening, everybody, and welcome inside the 360 Sports Show, coming to you live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. I am Andrew Pazelli. He is Christian Lauber. You can reach us anytime in the comment sections of any of the live streams or by emailing us at the360sportshow at gmail.com. We have a lot to talk about tonight, and we are going to lead off with the biggest story and the one that will change the most drastically for our podcast listeners, which is the NCAA Men's Basketball Championship tonight. So we are here live at 7.30. That game, Christian, uh, is it 9.30? When is that game supposed to start? I feel like it keeps getting pushed back later and later every year now. They said 9.20, but, you know, for us that means probably 9.30, 9.40. Oh, man. We could talk about that in and of itself. That could be a whole sports rant, the, the late starts for this, but... Either way, the men's basketball championship happening here tonight, Monday, 9.30, 9.20-ish, between UNC and Kansas. Uh, and so let's talk about uh, the, the game that really meant more on Saturday from the Final Four, which was the Duke-UNC game, uh, which I thought was just a fantastic game from the get-go, from the opening tip. Straight on through, exciting the whole way, back and forth. Uh, UNC finds a way to pull it out in the end. Uh, big three from Caleb Love, Caleb Love, uh, and a lot of contributions along the way. But Christian, kind of your uh, your takeaways uh, from that game. Mike Shashevsky's final game. Did you know that? Did you, did you know that he was like retiring? Did they mention that enough? <laughs> no, I didn't. Two weeks ago, you asked me, I didn't. Uh, but. Uh... Yeah, good game all the way through, better than the other, um, which we'll get to. But, um, yeah, I don't really know what to say about it. I mean, very competitive. I thought that that would be the case. And then down the stretch, I mean, uh, the one the one, uh, the one, one asterisk that I have on that game is the, the and one call at the end there that didn't get called. I mean, it got called back, I mean. Uh, I think it was Duke, but. Yeah, it had to have been Duke because they were down, I think, and they had a chance for an and one. They didn't count. Oh the yeah, the guy uh, Puff Johnson, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, in the game because Baycott went out uh, for a while with a nit, which I thought he was, it was. That looked like season done, rolled ankle, never not at least not coming back in this game. Yeah, it did not look good. And then he walks down the tunnel and then he comes back. It's like you know they just went yink into the ankle and he ain't feeling anything right now. Yeah. Um, Miraculously, he came back in, but I think Johnson, they were subbing him in, like, defensively. Uh, and, yeah, that's an old uh, you reach, I teach moment. And it's like, if you're going to follow nice. the guy, follow him. Wrap him up. Don't just hit his arm and let him go up. Uh, and, yeah, very lucky for UNC that that was called on the floor. Somehow. I uh, didn't really understand that. But <laughs> uh, outside of that, look, I thought the... Tar Heels have probably been playing the best basketball of anyone, maybe except for Kansas, who they'll see tonight. So those two, I believe, from what I've seen in this tournament, those two are the best two teams that I've seen, um, with the exception of, I think, Duke and North Carolina are really close. And obviously that was the case um, down the stretch. But, you know, just in terms of, of that game alone, very competitive all the way through. I don't think anyone thought it was going to be a blowout either way. That's for sure. Yeah, I was a little worried early on because, like, at some point it was, like, 20 of Duke's 26 points were all, like, dunks. It was just, like, all yeah. at the rim. And it was like, this ain't good because eventually threes are going to start falling, too. And if you're giving up that many points in the paint, um, it was great. And you know what was great, too? The final minute didn't take, like, an hour. 
Yeah. Like it it was getting up, you know, cause cause that game started at eight forty nine, like almost nine o'clock. It was done before eleven. Thankfully, like, yeah. Like miraculously. Um so then the, we ga- the game the game on a Monday, you the know, game moved, which 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 was which was great. There was a good flow to it, a good pace. Uh and obviously uh, I was very glad that the Tar Heels came out top because that meant I could break out the North Carolina shirt. Uh, this is not I, U.S. I did not run to, uh, to Olympia Sports uh, and pick this up uh, yesterday or this morning. Uh, I've had this since 2016. I was someone in the, the comments queue up the Will Ferrell. I don't believe you, meme. I I was I was I drove down. I have witnesses. I drove down to North Carolina to visit friends. Happened to coincide with March Madness. PC was down in UNC. Uh, I was a little too tired after an 18-hour drive, though, to get to the 10 o'clock tip-off for that game. Oh, like, so you're a real fan, though, huh? I will. I will not make it. I, at some point, a man needs to sleep, Christian. I think you can uh, nope. empathize with that. I, I think mean, that's all relate. I do. But you say you're a Tire Heels fan, so. Oh, I made I it to the UNC you. game. I just didn't make it to the PC game. Oh well. Uh, anyways. Uh, so I knew I was last week. I was like, "Oh man, I have this shirt. They better win so I can break out the shirt." Because Christian's gonna want to call me out on the shirt. So anyway, that's what I'm repping, and that's who I'm rooting for tonight. Now I know you're rooting for Duke because you can't root for UNC. So I assume rooting for Kansas again tonight. Absolutely. I can't go any other way. And also, Paul Pierce played for Kansas, so I have some, you know, some ties there. I grew up as a Paul Pierce fan, so you know, why not? Uh, That's true. I got the him? I got the Pierce jersey in the background too. So there you go. <laughs> I think it's it's funny. They talk, I wonder how much. I mean, he's not coaching, so it's not going to be overhyped. But like last week was all about Mike Shashevsky. How many times do you think they show Roy Williams in the crowd tonight? Because he coached under, for both teams. God, I bet I bet there's a bet on it. Uh, over under 16 times. I'm taking the over. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's like we saw him the other day against Duke, like you know, 10 times alone. I think. Yeah. At least it felt like that. Uh, so, what do you think about about this matchup? I agree with you. These are two of the best teams in the tournament. I, I mean, UNC has just—they were an eight seed. They believe they weren't an eight seed. They're not playing like an eight seed. They didn't play like an eight seed throughout this whole tournament um i wonder how healthy baycott is but whether it's love whether it's manic those three um you you feel like one can kind of take the reins i don't know which one it will have to be or will be tonight um but i feel like they're just a well-balanced team um that also plays hard um and so kansas is going to have you know they're a number one seed but i feel like they're going to have their hands full um obviously i'm leaning tar heels but your thoughts on uh, on the matchup? Uh, yeah, I mean, just in terms of like what I did, I, I didn't watch Kansas Villanova all the way through, but what I did catch was uh, some of the first half and some highlights, and they kind of ran away um, for the most part. They got hot shooting. I mean, if they shoot, I, I, they shot fifty something percent, fifty four percent from three. If they shoot fifty four percent from three again, I mean, it, look out. <laughs> Good night. But. Um, Look, I think this game is going to be close. I don't. I don't see any in any way it goes the way of a blowout. I just. I think these two teams are both very good. Uh, one is seated lower, but how much does that even mean at this point in the tournament? This is the championship game. Both these teams are going to be ready. I feel like they both play hard and they both have uh, shooters. So, look, I think <laughs> much like uh, the NBA game now, it's going to be about three point shooting. That's that feels like what it comes down to is if you're making your three, you're going to be in good shape. 
but if I'm picking, I I I, I would lead Kansas, lean Kansas. Um, bias aside, I would still lead Kansas just because of you know I think they're I would give them a slight edge. That's all. I think the Tar Heels are probably playing just about as good, if not better, than everybody else that they've played. So it's going to be close either way. I want to double check here our start time. Yeah, they say nine twenty. Ugh, gross. On a Monday night. Let's. Yeah. I, I I do. You know what? I was going to save it as a rant, but I do want to rant. All of these now. I know basketball doesn't have the problem, and I understand. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. New Orleans is on Central Time, right? Yes. So, but even so, where's the eight o'clock start? Eight thirty yeah, start. It's it's so. I mean, I get like you know, if this were West Coast and it was nine there, okay, I get it. You know, six o'clock out there. But at some point, like all these sports, we know baseball's gone is going through it. Like they keeping like you want kids to stay up and watch, don't you? Like nine twenty on a Monday night. For, for collegiate yeah. sports. I understand pro. It's a kind of a different product. And, it, you know, you're, you you want kids. You need kids. But you're, 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 you're bread and butter's adults. You know, kids, you know, in the 10 to 15, 16-year-old range, like, you know, will be fans kind of no matter what. But I don't know. I, I, I hate that this is a 9-20 start. Like, that's just way too I mean, late. it's still it's still about the West Coast, right? I mean, they, they have to get their 6-20, 6-30, right? So... I mean, that's what it's about. Um, but it'd be nice if it was earlier. Like, you can't put it like, I don't know, you do all these I don't know, how things. many people in L.A. are tuning in for UNC Kansas? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Probably not a lot. But, I mean, hey, uh, for those fans that are tuning in, 640, I mean, for me, that would be prime time. I would love that. You know, but uh, 920, not so much. Can yeah. do something with your night after the game. Instead of 920, why not do 840, you know? We yeah. do all these weird times anyway, 7.03, 7.02. I was going to say 8.37. Yeah. Sharp. Like a, like a baseball time, start time. Uh, so, anyway, uh, we're not going to dwell too long on the matchup uh, itself because uh, we do broadcast on a Monday. The game's happening in uh, two hours. Uh, so, we'll give you full breakdown and reaction to... Uh, the result next Monday. Uh, we're always live here on Mondays, uh, most of the time. Um, so ninety uh, percent. It's pretty good. 90%, ninety. Yeah, we're betting ninety percent on Mondays yeah. this year, uh, and that's a hundred percent. And a hundred percent, my fault. Um, so we will uh, we will leave it at that. Uh, for the record, I'm going to lean UNC. Uh, I just like the way they're playing, uh, but. You can't go wrong with either. Page. Thanks for clearing that. We couldn't tell by your shirt, but thanks for clearing that up for the record. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, it is a North Carolina short. Uh, you, I mean, you can't go wrong. I mean, it, I'll be like you said. If this isn't a good game now, I will be disappointed. Yeah, I feel uh, like it. It has the writing on the wall of a good game, which makes me think maybe I'm wrong and it's going to be a blowout. So, if it is a blowout, though, I think it's a Kansas blowout. I don't see UNC. I mean, like, I can't picture Kansas laying an egg. Unless they just think they can yeah. jack up a million threes and they go like, you know, 12 of 50, something like awful. Right. Yeah, I just, I don't see that happening. But hey, you never know. I don't know. I've seen crazier things, I guess. Yeah. So that is uh, that is where we leave it for now uh, on March Madness. Though at any point for our live listeners, 
If you have any thoughts or questions about the March Madness the tournament, the final matchup tonight, please drop those in the comment section of any of the live streams. Uh, and we will, uh, we will, we're always happy. We're the 360 Sports Show. We're always happy to circle back. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, let's chat quickly while we're on basketball. Let's let's do uh, let's do a bit here on uh, on the NBA. Uh, the Boston Celtics, uh, who had got to that number one seed, and then Robert Williams gets hurt. Uh, kind of a bit of a regression here. He has the surgery. He's trying to come back and. Four to six weeks, which I think is a risky move on his part. Um, but obviously, I think it speaks to the belief he has in himself, the belief he has in this team, uh, that if he's there and he's right, I think they're, I do believe they're a championship contender. I don't think they can win a championship, let alone get to a conference final, without him. Um, now, obviously, Tatum or Brown could just go nuts in a playoff uh, and carry them there, but obviously... Uh, I think they can not cruise, but they could just kind of play their game and get there with Robert Williams as a factor. If not, you need big contributions, not just normal contributions from everybody else. It's gonna be very tough with him in the middle, without him in the middle to win a championship. You could win a round or two, uh, and even I think that would be hard depending on who you get in the second round, right? If you get Milwaukee or something like that, I don't know, but. You know, it's crazy. If he's healthy, he's like number three, four on the list. I mean, we talked about this last week a little bit. He's like there neck and neck with Smart in terms of importance on this team. So um, when he's right, they're just a different team defensively. You've seen it the last few games here without him. Um, It just looks a little bit different. Look, Tice is pretty good off the bench. I like him off the bench. He's not Robert Williams in the starting lineup. So uh, he's a big piece missing. He can't contest. He could kind of provide a bit of a presence at the rim at times. Like he, he's not like a shrimp. Um, Robert Williams, it's about the contests out beyond uh, the paint. Robert Williams, I saw the stat today. He leads the league uh, in like some sort of defensive metric on closeouts, like yeah. contesting three point and long range shots. Well, he he's jumps the, through the gym. He's yeah, I mean, the number he's... one guy defensively on that. I mean, in this league, like you said, guys are shooting threes and deep shots. You have a big that can jump out and then get out there. You know, Tice, you know, coming off, if they're switching, he's going to come out. He ain't going to close all the way out because he doesn't get the speed or the length or the leaping ability to make up for it. Right. Um, so they're a completely different team, uh, and it would require different things for them to go uh, and, and win. I um, say hey, one development, though, one development that is helping them right now is Derek White shooting a little bit better. So he's kind of coming on late, which is good because it was ugly for a bit there, like really ugly. So he's kind of tuned it up, and it, it's kind of the right time. You only got three uh, games left. Here. Help to play the Wizards. <laughs> yeah, but even the last like five, six, seven games, I feel like he's kind of changed uh, in terms of uh, a, a – absolute brick to hitting the rim making a few and, and it just looks a lot better when he's I'm telling you he's going to have one of those Marcus Smart playoff games where he he's just gonna, hits like he's going to have threes. the Kelly Olenek he's going to have the Kelly Olenek performance <laughs> yeah a game 7 performance I'd rather him save him and, and offer a game 7 performance no everybody's um, going to get hurt they're going to have to put Cornette at all five positions and he's going to go off and the they're going to win Cornet. the championship um they did a thing. I think it was Grant Williams was on a podcast, and he was he was um, comparing every 
player to an Avengers or yeah, to, a, to a Marvel press conference. And he said, yeah. and he was laming them all, and he said Luke, and I forget, uh, and he said he called him Groot. And it took me like a minute to realize it was Luke Cornett. Like I had forgotten his first name. It's just Cornett. Yeah, the murder Cornett. And I'm like Luke. Murder and my Cornet. my mind, he said Luke, and my brain went Heron Goatee? No, wait, that's like ten years ago. Yeah, <laughs> Luke who? Oh yeah, Luke Cornett. The guy being the bench there in combat boots or whatever. Uh, which is called. funny that they compared to Groot. Like, does he just? I am Groot. I am Luke. I am Luke. That's all he says. I That's am rumor. Um. So right now the Celtics are your two seed, a half game above the Bucks and the Seventy Sixers, um, three and a half games up on the Bulls. So they 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 are going to finish in the top four. Um, likely either the two, the three, you know, though, I mean, who knows? I don't, I haven't seen what those, those games are, but they're going to be in the top four. They play Milwaukee and Chicago. So in the final three. Yeah. So a lot will be, a lot will be decided, uh, by the time we next take, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see who they play too. Do you want to get guys rest here? Do you want to, you know? Well, that's the thing. So, I mean, if everything else, I mean, Chicago and Toronto, my talk, Toronto, what a comeback. I mean, they, they started the year absolutely hapless. Yeah. Uh, you know, lots of internal turmoil, like rumblings of stuff like that. Uh, they've, they've turned it around. Uh, you know, they've won seven of their last three. Um, and it's just been, I mean, they're 24 and 16 on the road. That's that's impressive. Yeah, they went on a tear here down the stretch. Um, so they're tied with the Bulls for the five and the six. Then it's th- two and a half games to the Cavs. Uh and you know the playing tournament is Cavs, Hawks, Hornets, uh, Nets. Um, I don't know why they this, these standings don't mark, but everybody else is eliminated, right? You said there's three games left for everybody. There's no way. Yeah, everybody, Knicks... everybody else is eliminated. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Knicks, Wiz, Pacers, Pistons, Magic, Sayonara uh, in the Eastern Conference. So uh, the Nets. What do you want? And... Let me I, ask you. Who do you I, want? I who do I want in the first like, round? If you have to play around without Robert Williams, right? Say he comes back the second round. He's probably not going to be at 100%. But you have to play around without him. Who do you want in the first round? I want the Cavaliers. I want a, I want a young team yeah. that, yes, they've got some, like, energy guys. Uh, they don't have uh, – I mean, like, I think Daniel Tice and uh, Jared Allen could mix it up, right? Like, I, I, I think that could be a wash at the end of the day. I'm not worried about – uh, or in Horford could you know pull you know some just savvy old man basketball sure, uh, yeah. on him. I I would love that matchup. It would be a fun first round matchup. That would be a first round matchup. Uh, I don't want the Hawks. Uh, I feel like without Robert, I feel like a guy like John Collins could just go off. Uh, uh, on them. Um, I guess I'd take the Hornets too. But like I feel like there would be this. There did be this awful. I worry about the mojo of that game. You got Terry Rozier and Lord Hayward and, Hayward. Yeah. and IT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, talk about worst nightmares. Like without Robert Williams, they just can't defend the pick and roll, and those guys just annihilate you. Imagine they come into Boston and just beat you. And just oh play. my god! Now, I mean, granted, I, I I think if there was one game of it, like if if it was like a five game series, and it's like the uh, like game two. And uh, the Hornets pull, or maybe it's a game one. They'd have to pull it in game one, right? Celtics are kind of relaxed. Hornets have won through the play-in round. They're feeling hot. And they, like, shoot the lights out. Isaiah scores 40. Hayward scores 40. 
Terry Rozier's got a triple-double and drops 20. It's like, oh, my God. And then the Celtics blow them out of the water in the next four straight games. Um, I could see that happening. Yeah. I could see that happening. I, I want no part of the Hawks or the Nets if, if we're playing a playing round team. And I don't want the Raptors. If we're the three, I, I don't know. I just – that team – even though there's like not as many of the same parts there anymore that were in 2020, that team just has, it's like, they're, they're like zombies. Like I think there's a little bit of that. There's, there's some psyche stuff there with the Celtics against that team still. Uh, and they just defensively, all the stuff that Nick nurse comes up with um, the zone stuff. And yeah, I, I, think, I would worry about who's playing in that game as well. There's been some chatter about that. Which I want to talk. I mean, I guess has there been uh, any definitive reporting? I was I felt fairly certain that Tatum, Brown, and Smart were vaccinated. I thought I had seen that they were outspoken about it, uh, and I feel like if they hadn't been, it would have been an issue brought up before, right? Couldn't they have not played in New York? Or no, that was only for home teams. It had not, didn't apply to the visitors. Yep. That. More I think about that is bizarre. I mean, it's not a thing anymore. Um, well, we know Smart is right. He already went to Toronto. He made that trip. Horford, Tatum, Brown did not. I believe Tatum said he was. I it never confirmed, but I believe Tatum said he was, and I believe Horford said he was. The one I don't know is Jalen Brown, and you know, it, it, rumor. The the latest reporting on it I've said is there's some questions there on whether they're vaccinated. And obviously, the Canada rules are different than here, so they couldn't play if you're unvaccinated up there. Um, and the latest is that the, there's a rumor that there's two top players on the team somewhere on the, along those lines that are unvaccinated, nothing, nothing concrete though. Uh, but I would take it as word. And, and we know th- three guys didn't go up there obviously for knee soreness. So it's kind of hard to tell smart is definitely because he already made the trip. So he's one that, that was checked off. And he already said he explained he didn't want to deal with the BS. So yeah, um, he said that before the year. Brown has recently said that he's not going to release that information and he's going to protect the players because he's on the you know Players Association VP. But I would worry about that only... I, I still think if, if Tatum and Smart, Tatum and Horford, some combination, they, they should be able to beat that Raptors team. But It's a six or seven game series, though. I think if, if, if you don't have Jalen Brown... And you don't have Robert Williams, that becomes a six or seven game series. Probably. It makes it a lot tougher, that's for sure. You know, uh, because you know, you have to you have to take care of your home games. You have to. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. uh you know, that becomes you must go up two oh. Uh and you can't like split and say, like, okay, hey, we got one, just go get one. No, if if you're missing Jalen Brown, uh that's that's, piece. that's a big piece. Especially if it's one-one going to Toronto, you know that place is going to be nuts. Um, so. I mean, am I wrong to think here though? Anybody from like five on down, the Celtics should win the first round. I, I just don't think there's someone there. Maybe with the exception of Toronto in those circumstances, with you Canada, don't think the Nets. If you were playing the Nets, I, I am. Wait, no, I'm, come on. Maybe, wait, 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 wait. I had this position. I had this position a week, a few weeks ago. That I, I, the the Nets. Did not scare me whatsoever. And you were like, come on now, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So now have you changed your mind? I think the Celtics should win that series. Only because 
I've seen the Kevin Durant method, and they're losing games still. He's scoring 50 points, and they're losing. But yes. I would still worry about it going deep, and they, lo- they could lose on a one-shot there in that series. Uh, that is probably the most I, I, I would want to avoid You don't have the most. best player on the floor in that series. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was a lot closer than it's ever been between yeah. Tatum and Durant, but you do not have the best player on the floor in that series. And but uh, but in all yeah and and just in actuality I think they that is the toughest matchup probably just looking at the teams I think the Bulls have kind of gone the other way Cleveland gone the other way Toronto is the exception because of the circumstances with the vaccine and everything like that uh, so Toronto and the Nets I feel like those would pose the toughest challenge depending but I think they should win a first round with home court advantage uh, in six or seven games if it goes to that if they even need that. And then see where you go with Rob Williams and what you have in the second round. But if I'm the Celtics, I, I, I'm not worried about, oh, I can't get Brooklyn. I can't get this team. I think you got to go for number two and just get two, maybe two home court advantage uh, rounds here in the playoffs. I think that's what you have to aim for. You do. Because um, you wouldn't have the best player on the floor in the Milwaukee series if things play out uh, and you get there. Um, so... Home court, important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, I mean, the Heat, you know, if they're the number one seed, um, which, are they mathematically the number one seed just because of um, remaining matchups? It can't be because there's the Bucks and the Sixers are two and a half games back. I don't know why the Heat are a little highlighted here. Oh, because they clinched their division. Yeah. <laughs> they're also they're also up two games in the loss column. <laughs> The division. Oof. Dude, that one sent you flying. Uh, huh? NBA division. <coughs> um, does it matter? Um, yeah, but they are the one seed, so they are the one seed right now. You um, know who? Uh, you know what was bothering me the other day when those two teams played? Max Struess, man. Imagine the Celtics letting him go for nothing, and he's just lighting it up on the Heat. I know. You use a guy like that shooter. I think they kept. They let him go to keep. Um, I'm not sure. I want to know a bunch of a bunch of those I Carson mean, Edwards, either Carson and... Edwards or Tremont Waters. It was. I mean, those were the Taco, probably Taco. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think I it was. I think that. it was Taco actually. You know, because they only had they had already given out a two way contract, and then they had to figure out a hole, and they they tried to let him. Yeah. No, it's a second guess. It's a second guess for sure. Boy, is it. Um. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel uncertain about about because mo- it comes down to the defense, and like you said, I mean they should beat all any team that they're playing in the first round here. Um, Bulls through Nets, they should beat. Um, but it's definitely not. This is not like a few years ago. It's like oh well, they're playing the Pacers in the first round, and so that'll be a sweep. No, uh, I mean the East is more stacked than it's ever been. I I would be stunned if the Celtics swept anybody in the first round. Absolutely stunned. Oh, hundred percent. Um, so, uh, meanwhile, in the Western conference, the Suns uh, have run away, uh, with the number one seed, the Grizzlies, man, nobody's talking about them. They're, they, they may, they're going to win just shy of 60 games, but there's seven back of, of, of Phoenix. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how for real they are when the lights turn on in the playoffs. They're also 22 and two without John Morant. Yeah. Sick. So, Sick. like, oh, 
Man, if your MVP voting, I feel like it's Embiid, right? Probably. Yeah, I mean, because you're you're demo, you know, if you're the the Grizzlies, you've demonstrated like, well, we can survive. That team plays hard a hundred percent of the time. It's insane. Yeah, but I mean, the Jazz have been in that position before. The Celtics have been in that position sure, yeah. before. No one plays harder. And you know then, who you know who who thinks they're going to win the whole thing though? Our guy Mike uh, Mike Gorman. I mean, it would be awesome. That'd be great. No, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. You you don't think it'd be great if the Grizzlies won the whole thing? You're you're going for the Tar Heels now. You're rooting for the Grizzlies. Like what is what's up with you? What would be wrong if the Grizzlies won the whole thing? I mean, the, the hard other, playing team. That, that means the other side didn't. What do you mean? Oh well, okay. Obviously, I uh, if if you're gonna go with that, like oh, it means the Celtics didn't. Um, fine. Yeah, I'm sure. gonna go with that. Sorry, yeah. some of us over here aren't bandwagon. Tar Heel Celtics Grizzlies <laughs> fans, so I don't know. If you were positive, hey, fine, give me the matchup. Celtics-Grizzlies, I'm obviously rooting for the Celtics, but uh, if you were it. to tell me the Grizzlies are the, the NBA champions, I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, to not have... Uh, you would. You would think that's awesome. Who, who, all right, fine. Who, aside, Celtics fandom aside, who do you want to see win? Who would you want to see win? Honestly, probably the Grizzlies. Oh, <laughs> shit. It's a good thing we don't do this show in person. I'd be coming. I'd be walking up right now. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough question. You'd have to put your hands behind your back and laugh. Uh. Anywho, um, we're not. I'm not going there. I'm not taking the cheese on that. I'm not taking the cheese. Uh, I know who's not winning a championship this year: the Los Angeles Lakers. Oof, rough. Terrible. They could be on the not list every week. 31 and 47. And, and like, listen, I'm not going to cry for the Lakers. But it's stunning. And I don't know. This is going to come off the wrong way, I think. It's a sign that LeBron is old. Like, he can't. He's He's playing great. Is is it either that he's? It's a sign that he's not the same LeBron anymore because he's carried teams with Matthew Dellavedova and all, all these random guys. You're missing to, a key piece here, though. To to finals, uh, finals runs without like Kevin Love or Kyrie, like he's done it. Mm-hmm. Um, is Other it that he's? Is it that better. he can't do that anymore, or is it that that roster is just so abysmal that despite him? playing out of his mind for a 37 year old they suck yeah it's 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 both of those things in tandem with the rest of the league has gotten better i mean the other teams play hard there's star power all over the nba now it's not just lebron and you know pierce garnett and ray allen it's not just those guys you know jockeying for position in the east and then you know kobe in the west there's talent all over the league now from the grizzlies on up it uh, it doesn't matter who you are you have a talented player so um, there's just a lot more talent in the West. There's a lot more talent in the East. We see it in the standings, how close it is. And LeBron is on the, I don't want to say tail end, but I guess it is kind of the tail end of his career. I mean, he's 30, what, five, six, 37. so 37, like that's pretty good for a basketball player, you know, to play at his level. Um, but unfortunately the rest of the league is just getting better. Yeah. Um, and I do think, like I said, I'm not going to cry for the Lakers. Like, I'm not. But the NBA 
for a, a big market like that, for the Lakers to suck, with, with having made the investment, they've sucked in other years, but it was because they were actively like they they tanked. You know, Kobe left. There was no plan. Okay, we get it. I think it's hilarious. You have LeBron James, Anthony Davis. You traded a whole slew of things for Russell Westbrook, and then you brought in Carmelo Anthony and all these other guys. It's yeah, it's the two thousand and what twelve Olympic team. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, they still got it. They still got it. Uh, yeah, Le- LeBron thirty seven, December thirtieth is his birthday. Um, Colin does point out in the comment section, no Simmons for play in round. Uh, that was confirmed by Nets coach Steve Nash. Ben Simmons won't make season debut in regular season. Also likely out of play in games. He's also uh, suing the Sixers for some odd number of money, 20 million that he didn't get over the time that he, oh yeah, stopped playing and quit. Like, what is this guy doing? I don't know. He's not playing basketball. I know that. I don't know. He's not. I know he had mental health or injury or something. I don't know. But like, guy's been making a lot of money to not be on the court. And then he's trying to sue people to get the money back after he quit on the team. And I don't know what's going on there. That's a, but uh, the Nets weren't going to have him anyway, pretty much. Right. I mean, we, we, this is what, this that. is what Nash said uh, when asked about a field play. Uh, we'll see. I don't want to get too far down the road. Like, I don't want to walk through the next five weeks with you guys and guessing you guys saw where he is today. He's doing some increased strengthening, some increased mobility stuff, and a little bit of shooting, and that's it. What is a little bit of shooting for Ben Simmons? <laughs> uh, One. All right, we're done. Probably from, like, I don't know, from the little cylinder in the paint on in. The, the half circle, yeah. yeah, the brownie face. Ah, uh, man, I I'm still flabbergasted. I mean, again, I'm not gonna cry for the Nets, but they had a good team and they just blew it up for James Harden, and then now it's even worse. And they were so close to having made the Celtics look so bad because. They took KG, you know, for a while it's like, hey, the Celtics won that trade and they got the new pieces. And then it's like, hey, the, the rebuild's done for the Celtics. It's Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That's it. And it seemed like at the midpoint of this year, like the Celtics were heading in the wrong direction and towards a breakup. And it's like, hey, if the Nets, if the Nets still had all those young guys and they had Kyrie and KD and tearing it up, it'd be like, dude, the Nets are going to win a championship before you even got to rub it in their face that they helped you win one. <sighs> Yeah. And now, now it's back. The pendulum is swung back the other way, where the Nets are going to be in the lottery next year because all those guys we going to leave. They already said they're not going to. Oh, of course. Would you take Kyrie at his word? <laughs> <laughs> did he? Did he? Listen, Brooklyn. He said he's not going to leave seven alone in Brooklyn. Listen, that's what he said. If if you'll have me, <laughs> he's not going to leave seven alone. That means if seven wants to go. See ya. Out goes 11. Yep. Uh, Colin also says, Paul George is back. A little bit of shooting for Ben Simmons is a whole lot of missing. You got that right. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Spot on. Um. So, anywho. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we'll know. We'll know who they're playing uh, next week. Um, it will crystallize for us. So, uh, anywho, before we transition to our other things, or to facilitate the transition, we'll get to one of our favorite segments, which is hot 
and not. Segments. It's time for hot. Hot. You want to talk about hot. Hot. Please stop doing that. Doing what? Continue. Go ahead. And not. God, is he a moron. Oh my god, he doesn't shut up. It's so stupid. Stupid decisions. Dum-dums. The naughtiest knot of the year. Oof. Suck fest. Suck sauce. On the 360 Sports Show. All right, Christian. Hot and not. Up and down. Good and bad. Plus and minus. Leader off. What is hot this week? You got uh, you got me on here this week. Is there one? No, 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 no. I don't get you in here at all. Okay, no. thank you. You provided uh, me neither hot nor not content for this week. You know that's where I like. But to it, stay. but but it was a long way to go in the show, so it's that's where I, that's where I like to stay. Uh, yeah, my hot is the uh, for every any F one fans out there, Las Vegas in 2023 is going to be hosting a night race around Las Vegas and it's going to be insane oh, and i will be tuning into it it is it looks absolutely incredible this sounds like need for speed is that, yeah. is that are they not, not going to take cars off the freeway are we going to be like zigging and zagging out of traffic <laughs> let me see if i can find the clip cuz it is just incredible uh but f1 i mean i don't know if you watch any f1 it's not super high in demand, especially here. I want to say I but... prefer it to NASCAR. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's it just looks ridiculous. Um, if I can find it, I don't know, but you know, I'll let you talk and then I'll I'll try to find it. All right. Well, uh, on uh, my hot list uh, is the fact that Tiger Woods is going to play in the Masters this week. Masters start Thursday. Final will be on Sunday. 14 months ago, the man almost had to have his legs amputated from a car accident. And he wasn't even sure if he was going to keep his legs. Then he wasn't sure if he was ever going to walk again. And now he's going to be at the Masters. Now, I I, I don't expect him to do particularly well. Uh, but when we, st- when we went on after that show, after that happened, and we were talking about, like, what we would like to see, even if it was just this part of like the, you know, the old man gang that goes out and like plays the masters, right? They're not even in the actual thing. They just have like these, these rounds. I just to see him tee off. What a moment that would be. He could shoot, uh, you know, a plus 80, um, but it would be an epic moment. And the sport would, this obviously we know the sport needs tiger. I mean, still, mm. um, to pull in a bigger audience. And so the fact that he's going to be there and, and if he even, if he's like in it on Sunday, Oh my God, like <laughs> bananas. Um, so that has to go on my hot list. Just, just for the sheer fact, cause he even said he wasn't even sure if he wanted to try. He's like, Hey, I've already come back from the back thing. Like that was like climbing Everest. I got back to the master masters. I got to the top of the mountain and I won another one. So, now, like, the fact that he's even there, he compared that to, like, coming back from the back surgery and winning. He viewed just being there to tee off like that. Yeah. So, that has to go. Um, yeah, Collins says, didn't Woods himself say his pro playing days were over? He did. And then, I don't know, he saw Tom Brady unretired and was like, nope. Um, the yeah. guy, he's a, he's, a, he's a maniac, like, with the sport, like, 
he probably just said, you know what? I'm not going to put that pressure on myself. I'm going to publicly say that I'm done. And if I'm done, I'm done. But if I feel like I can, maybe I will. Um, let me. So that's on the hot list. Um, so, yeah, let me pull up this. Christian's got the uh, the trailer here. The trailer. I mean, it, lo- it looks like something out of Need for Speed. So. Oh, get rid of the bar. We don't need the bars. All right. Full screen. And away we go. It's time for Formula One. Here we go then. And what an amazing sight it looks. Listen to that roar. This is such an amazing atmosphere. Never want to miss it. sold they have a like it's kind of hard to tell like where they're going to be racing but they have the it laid out in a different in a different tweet um on the f1 page twitter page that you can see if you know if you want to check it out but it's just it's going to be sick the 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 night race aspect of it being in vegas with just like i mean that would just be to be to actually be there would just be insane but on tv alone i mean just just sick yeah, I'm uh for our podcast listeners, uh, I'm tweeting that out at 360 Sports Show, uh, that that trailer, uh, for you to to go and see. You can pull this up too. This yourselves. is the this is the race. This maps it out in some type of way. It's just it, it looks insane. Oh, okay, perfect. Copy that. No, there we go. Share screen. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, that's... Night race using the strip. Saturday race. Wow. (laughs) That's got to be unreal. 200 miles an hour in Vegas. Imagine that. So this is November 2023. Dude. I'm in. Can we book? Can we book a hotel? I think that's they're going right by the Bellagio there. If we could get a sponsor for the show, I'm down. <laughs> 360 Sports Show. Let's go to Vegas. I'm in. I'm definitely in. Hundred percent in. Yes. I wonder how much that would be? <laughs> Quite a bit. We're gonna have to sell. We'll have to have a, a few bake sales. To, to get ourselves there. I'm a sponsor of the show. Someone wants to do it. I know someone out there wants to do it. Hey. 360 Sports uh, you know Show what? runs we just, on Duncan. We just get out. Or we just reach out early now to F1. Get, get media credential. Get everything. We can, we can make it happen. Put it on the F1. On, on F1's dime. That's what we'll do. Uh, so, anyway. So, those are two, two really strong hots. Uh Let's go to the other side, Christian. What's on the not list this week? Oh, this is always so fun, isn't it? Uh, you had, I heard the same thing that you had today, uh, but I went 
the Arizona Coyotes and the Anaheim Ducks played a yeah. hockey game. Uh, I saw this. And, yeah, I mean, the clip will do it will do it justice, but Mr. Tyson Nash, I believe his name is, um, made some comments in this clip, if you want to pull it up, about uh, Trevor Zegris and, um, you know, the Ducks are, they got skill on the ice, like every other team in the league. Zegris did his his lacrosse style stick, his his goal again, and then, you know, because they're up 5 nothing and Apparently showboating. Uh, we need to implement the mercy rule, and you can't score goals if you're up five nothing in the NHL now against a team who doesn't care and hasn't cared for a long time. Um, so Jay Jay Beagle decided that he was going to uh, just start punching people. Sometimes with these young players, you, you want to embarrass guys and you want to skill it up, you better be prepared to get punched in the mouth. Beagle wants to go with Fowler. I think Fowler wants to go with him. He uh, doubled down on that, by the way, on the radio. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah. Like that all season. He, but he, his out. first comment was, uh, Troy Terry's hurt. And then he goes on to say that you want to skill it up and showboat and you you better be prepared to get punched because the guy scores 30 goals a year, so he gets punched in the face. Is that how we're doing it now? Yeah. Now, I mean, listen, he was an old school enforcer uh, in his, uh, his... That makes a lot of sense. His playing day, so he, he loves that. You know, the... The, oh, you're going to try and score the Michigan-style goal? I'm going to come and sock you in the face for trying to be cute about it. Dude, the game has changed. Is there a place for enforcement? Yes. Is there a place for physical play? Absolutely. Somebody scores a nasty goal? That's no reason to go knock their brains out. Especially when you're going... If you're Jay Beagle, you're the goon, right? You're trying to goon it up on the ice like old enforcers would. Half the time, Sean Thornton's not fighting Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Troy Terry and, Tre uh, and Trevor Zegers are both goal scorer, skill players, smaller guys. If you want to say that, uh, they're not they're not on the ice to fight. They're there to score goals, so that's what they're going to do. And I heard him today, like you just mentioned. He said uh, he shouldn't have said skill it up, but rather hot dogging. He also didn't like the way the Ducks players smiled and smirked after scoring. After scoring, are you that big of a sore loser that a guy scores on you and you start pouting and beating their face? In? Like, we're just going to start punching guys for scoring goals now and then smiling and celebrating afterwards. And people today are soft. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we doing? I mean, come on. Uh, for for an announcer to do that of a team that that is way out of it and, and kind of blows, to be honest with you, they're playing at, at not an NHL stadium, for Christ's sake. And this guy's going off on, on live broadcast and then doubles down on it. it. just makes no sense. So Colin brings up a point. He says, this is what happens when you take fighting away from the game. You get the occasional hothead misdirecting anger at the wrong players at inappropriate times. Do you agree with that? That this was this is 
the players say, let us fight because we'll police ourselves and they'll, they'll, there won't be escalations of things in the flow of the game. You won't have somebody headhunt somebody at a blue line because oh, I'm not going to fight them. Let me just try and cheap shot them during the course of play. Do you agree with that? I think it's right to a degree, but I also think like if you're getting mad that people and players that are, are skilled are scoring goals and then celebrating like literally every other team does. This It's not like Troy Terry went in there and gave someone a dirty hit, okay, which we've seen thousands of times, and then the guy answers the bell. They're scoring goals. The Ducks are more skilled than you. The Coyotes blow. I mean, let's just put it like it is. They blow. They're not even playing in an NHL arena. So, like... While I do agree with the Collins comment there, I also think like this, it's not like you're responding to a Matt Cook hit. Guys are scoring goals on you and you're that much of a of a sore loser that you're getting mad. Sorry, but if if you don't want them to score, then maybe play better. Yeah. And stop crying about how so a guy gets punched in the face because he scored a goal on you. I mean, if that's what it's coming to in the in the NHL, then I don't know where it's headed. I mean, geez. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's you know. It wasn't good on the ice, and then the comments. Uh, that's just an outdated way of thinking. Uh, and he doubled down on the radio. Um, so we'll see. I don't know if anything. We'll, we'll have to keep keep our uh, our antennas up for that. I don't know if anything's going to happen uh, because of that. My not this week. There's another one I could have gone with, uh, but it, I have to I have to start with this one because we'll, the other one will come up during our NFL talk. Um, and this is an NFL topic. The Washington Reds, uh, no, um, the Washington football, t- uh, oh no, uh, rebrand. The Washington Commanders, again, despite their third brand in like five years, cannot stay away from controversy. Today, or yesterday, this story comes out that they have basically been scalping money. And hiding money from, I think, was it ticket sales? Mm-hmm. From season ticket holders. <laughs> how long? How many? How many times are we going to read about the Washington Commanders in the news? At, at what? At what point is the team taken away from Dan Snyder? Exactly. There's going to be a whole investigation into this. A whole big thing. There'll be a report drawn up. It'll be redacted beyond all belief. Nobody will learn anything, and he just gets to keep on. Owning a multi-million dollar franchise? I'm sorry. This is like strike five. Mm-hmm. Come on. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Let me try and find the exact story here. Uh, da, 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 da. This is my whole thing. Is like, how many chances do you get? Yeah. <laughs> Commanders alleged to have hidden ticket revenue from other NFL teams. The new allegations of financial impropriety by the Washington Commanders are taking shape, and the NFL will be extraordinarily unhappy with team owner Dan Snyder if the accusations turn out to be true. Uh, The House Oversight Committee, which has been investigating allegations of sexual harassment against Snyder, has received information alleging that the Commanders have been hiding ticket revenue that is supposed to be shared with other NFL teams, according to A.J. Perez of Front Office Sports. So they're they're withholding. I mean, there's there's all this revenue sharing that happens throughout the league uh, for certain things, uh, and Washington's just like, oh, thank you. And you know what? It's not like they turned around and poured that into facilities or the team. 
No, it's going straight into people's pockets. Your money. If you're a Washington fan, your money is going directly into... And you hope, obviously, you figure, like, oh, of course, I'm, I'm buying stuff. It's going to the owner. Like, yeah, they get their cut. But no, quite literally, season ticket holders, you're... you're your or anybody who bought a ticket, that money might be just going right into Dan Snyder's pocket and not back into the team. <laughs> uh, Collins is one of the com- commanders. Uh, and this has got to be the least of that franchise's problems. Tip of the paperwork, pile up iceberg. Yeah. Are they just going to keep piling up and get away with all this stuff? It would seem so. If mo- mo- mainly Dan Snyder, he's got to go, right? I mean, like, how how many times is this going to happen? Well, you see here, this is just—it it seems like it's strike three, but it's really all part of the same one strike of this sexual harassment whole thing. So it's really just one strike because it's all part—it's all one thing. That's how the NFL will look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, we're not going to—the NFL, we're, we're not going to rush to judgment. We have to l- wait to find out. The whole story. Classic NFL. 20 years from now, we'll maybe know the whole story. Ah, uh, man. So, yeah. Crazy. There's going to be another thing about NFL owners later when we talk about some NFL stuff. Um, so, Christian, I posit to you, should a certain NFL franchise... Belonging to the AFC East, be free from their incarceration within ye old ball locker. Um. So here's what I'll say. They are. I would say they're peering out of the little vents in the locker. <laughs> uh, we're not going to open the locker yet, but they're like you got the eyes coming through the the little vents. That's where they are. They're coming up closer to the front of the locker, ready to kind of open it. But for now, so how about? I mean, slam that shut. Okay, so so we're not going to talk about it then. Is what I'm. No, we can we can we can open we can open the door for like the next like ten minutes. So so for the net for the the duration of this show, they're on they're on like a work release type. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, on a work release. So for the moment, some fresh air for the New England Patriots. Out from the ball locker for some perfect, fresh air. Uh, perfect sounder for that because you can kind of feel like it's just like they're opening it slowly. And then they're out for just the period of time. And then they're back in the uh, the top where the vents are. So we'll, we'll put them back, stuff them back in that locker um, after this conversation. So Patriots make a trade. They trade a third round pick for Devontae Parker. And a fifth-round pick. A lot of conversation. Essentially, hey, you're going to get a third-round pick for J.C. Jackson. So this is really, you traded him for, traded nothing to get him. Um, not how it works, but yep. Not how it works, but if you want to think about it, you know, you could you could put it in those terms. Um, I like the trade. I like the player a lot. Here comes the butt. But it doesn't excite me that much i i mean i, I really like Devonte parker i saw you sent me the thing about contested catches 
and uh, you know, last was it, was that last year? Or was that like the last two years? Whichever it was. Since 2019, I think. 19. Maybe I'm wrong. I I, I don't see him as like a a true X outside. I, I wanted Mac to have like what Nikhil Harry should have been. I want go get DK Metcalf. You put DK Metcalf on the outside and you got born and Parker in the slot. Oh my God. Now we're talking. I don't feel like Parker's a guy that Mac can just throw the ball up and have him go get it. Um, and that's what I wanted them well, to yeah, get. There's no Randy Moss. I mean, Metcalf, I guess, but. You know, that that's what I'm looking for. And Parker's also not like a burner. He's not a speed guy. Um, so I think he's he's a great player. I think he's going to fit in. I think he'll be uh, I think he'll be a great fit. I definitely think this means that like Nelson Aguilar he, he I would not be surprised. We'd have to see what the dead situation could be um like money-wise. Nelson Aguilar could wind up being like cut or or traded for nothing. Yeah, uh, come that. the end of training camp. Um but so I, I, I like it, but as Colin puts it, Patriots wide receiver core chalk full of twos and threes. That's my take. It's good. It was something. It's something. They needed to do something. Um, I still don't know what the plan is for the offensive line or defense, um, but at least they they know they suck at drafting wide receivers, so they went out and traded for one like they always do. That's perennially torched them. So I think Devontae Parker is a good player. Uh, I I love the move. I just... I don't know why they did it. I think, well, here's why I think they did it as opposed to why I would do it. I would do it to get a better player. They do it because he's making $5 million and not as expensive as Allen Robinson or rattle off the rest of the wide receivers. Uh, but I love the player. Uh, I think Colin's right. It's twos and threes. Uh, he does probably jump to the top of your wide receiver chart. And I like what you have in Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers. So, Look, I like their offensive weapons with the exception of the offensive line. I mean, you look across the board, it's not that bad on offense. Mac Jones, young quarterback. Stevenson and Harris in the backfield, pretty good. You have James White in the backfield back this year. Uh, he will help in the pass game. Uh, the two tight ends should help you a lot more than they did last year, and I liked Hunter Henry. So, Johnu, if Johnu can actually you know, play up to his paycheck or close to it, you're in good shape there. And then you got three to four wide receivers. So their offense doesn't look all that bad. The defense, I don't know. And the coaching staff, I don't know. I still don't know what the plan is there. So that's why they're still in the ball locker. In terms of their offense, especially I think they should should still draft a wide receiver just because how how this draft is built out. Um, but at the same time, I don't trust them to do that. So Devontae Parker is a good pickup from in my eyes. Uh, does it put them over the top and make them like number one in the division? No, obviously not. But I think they're trying to surround Mac with the cheapest options, which uh, I don't know how, how far that gets you. But I do like the move, and that's just my opinion. I I kind of like their offense and the direction it's going. The line, no idea. Coaching staff, hate it. And the defense, no idea. So it's still three to one that uh, don't love it. Don't love the offseason, but I like the Devontae Parker move. I like it. He's a good player. Uh, Colin also says, great hands, strong, acrobatic playmaker. A little slower at his age. Basically does the things we thought Harry could do. He'll help, but he isn't the answer. Um, yeah, I'd rather have him than not have him. Um, I think the offense is going to be okay if if there's improvements from guys who, like, they brought in from last year. Uh, you know, if, if everybody gets a little bit better um, mm-hmm. in, in year two um, together, 
the offense will be better. Um, but this move, and no move yet to date, has moved the needle on what I expect out of the team this season. Uh, mm-hmm. Until we see it hit the field, um, and it's like, wow, like this offense is just tearing it up. Like we didn't expect this, uh, or X number of guys who they drafted, you know, in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, turn out to be, you know, all pro type players uh, on defense. Uh, until we see that, uh, they're still the tenth, eleventh team in the conference right now. Um, so uh, draft day can change that. There's going to be moves at draft day. Uh, there's going to be players moving at draft day. Um, I just think the offense could be representable. Like I think they could be a top fifteen I, I, offense. But I, I agree. That, I agree with that. If you have a bottom twenty defense, though. <laughs> oh yeah, you're not. They're not going to win a Super Bowl. But the the only thing with the offense that I question is the coaching. Like they don't have any coaches there that have coached on offense before. Kind of defeats the purpose of all these moves. But hey, what do I know? Yeah. Um, so uh, that's it. Uh, enough about the Patriots. Uh, back. Back in the ball locker. That won't get old anytime soon. It will certainly not. I thought about having the uh, the Mel Gibson freedom uh, with the ball locker uh, when you're released. Um, but that's certainly... Keep, we just got to keep track of what the hell is in there because I'm already lost. I know the Patriots are in there. Is there anything else in there at this point? <laughs> no, I don't think anything else is in there. I mean, we should keep a ball locker list. Um, but I believe because everybody we put in there... A week, well, St. Peter's is in there. They're going to be in there for a while. Yeah, but that's kind of like, you know, they're they're not really in there, but they're in there, you know? <laughs> we the, the door's open, but they're like, no, I don't want to come out yet. Yeah. I mean, it, we'll see if they get back to March Madness next year. Yeah. Um, so, anywho, uh, other NFL news to try and, uh, to try and rattle through here. Um, Bruce Arians retired. The best part about this story, though, correct me if I'm wrong, the best part about the story is that people actually think he he wanted to retire and that was it. It had nothing to do with Tom Brady, had nothing to do with anything. Down. He just wanted to go to the front office role. That's right, right? No, but I believe it. Want to know why? I think he'd rather move up than get kicked out because if he's the GM, he he's in more control of if Tom gets traded or not, which I think he just right. doesn't want to do. But I think Tom won. I, I, I'll say that. Uh Tom Brady makes all the moves down there. Ownership said, we're not going to get rid of Arians, but we'll move him up top. <laughs> What's his, has he been given an official title? I think he has, right? It's like, uh, let me see if I can find it. It's like vice president of director of pro personnel, something senior football consultant. <laughs> Dude, that's it for real. That's his title. Dude, Tom Brady got him demoted so. Quick. That's his. That's his official title: senior football consultant. I think so. Yeah. Th- that is. That is. That is. That is a demotion. So you know what? You know what that says? That's like, dude, go grab those copies I just made. Yeah, I mean, that means you're not making decisions. You're just advising and giving input on decisions, but you're not making decisions. <laughs> Yeah, that's what TampaBay.com, whatever the hell that is, uh, said. So, <sighs> Todd Bowles, head coach. Brady gets what he wants, I guess, and that's that. He he must like um, 
Leftwich as his coordinator. Maybe because he just he shill, you know? Oh, yeah. No, he said he likes Leftwich. Because um, I was kind of surprised that Leftwich wasn't named the head coach. Um, Me too. Yeah, a little bit. I think he. I think it's just because of uh, Todd Bowles' resume. I think he's a little bit ahead of Leftwich. I think Leftwich is on the on the list here to get a, a head coaching job here in the next few years, so I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, boy, so, I mean, hey, the Bucks now, uh, they've got a cupcake division. Uh, they're going to trot their way to the playoffs. Um, do we do we firmly believe, like, where do we put it that Brady is in uniform for the Bucks in week one percentage? Oh, it's right. a, I don't think he's going anywhere this year. I would say probably about 90% that he's in the Bucks uniform. I think next year there's potential he could go anywhere, but this year he's definitely playing for the Bucks. It's got to be. 60-40. Until we get to training camp, I think once training camp starts, I can't picture him going to another team. I can't. I think he gets. he's too much in his preparation. I think he could leave in June. I think he's calling all the shots down there. Especially, you know, Leonard Fournette came up here for a workout, and then he went back down there and signed. I think, I think Tampa Bay is where Tom Brady will be this year. Beyond this, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think the Forty ers are still in play for the future, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you play one year and then uh, go wherever you please. Once again, a free agent. Um, in case you missed it, uh, Colin Kaepernick was back in the news. He got a throwing showcase. At halftime of Michigan's spring game, uh, as a chance, you know, there was NFL scouts there for a chance for him to show what he's got. He believes he can contribute. He believes he can help a team win. Uh, I do believe that. Now, I do think it's hard to be. I don't care how well you prepare yourself to be out of professional football for that long, and then to step back onto a field. I think is going to be really difficult to do. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy is still young, uh, and the talent we know is there. How good of a football player is he still? I don't know. Um, and I would agree that there's some teams that have just absolutely deplorable quarterback situations. Uh, and so, like, if you want to bring – and he's not even, like, saying, like, make me the starter. He just wants to be on a roster. He just wants, uh, as Drew Blitzer once said, uh, an opportunity to compete for my job. Um so I don't know if anything will come of this. I mean, the NFL already came out last year and was like, we were wrong uh, about the whole kneeling and Black Lives Matter and everything. Uh, so I can't, I don't know if he's still blackballed. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Christian, I mean, who do you think? Who gets a job first, Cam Newton or Colin Kaepernick? I feel like it's tough, but I would say Kaepernick. I would lean Kaepernick because I think, Cam Newton is like he has more wear and tear on him, but also like I don't know the whole Kaepernick thing still sketches me just because I feel like he does the owners or teams or something NFL has it out for him a little bit. Um, whether you want to agree with that, I'm not getting into all that, but they there's something there with Kaepernick, so I would say Newton just because of his reputation. I think I would lean Newton, but I think both of them probably could make at least a backup role. That's that's my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think if Cam wanted to accept a backup role, he would be signed today by some of these teams. Yeah, he doesn't uh, he, want to. Yeah. He doesn't want to. He wants a chance to win a championship. It's like, dude, read the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I Teams man, that I, are in line to win a championship ain't signing you. I'm a fan of Cam Newton, but he's he's beyond his prime. Yes. Most definitely. 
Um, so we'll see. I mean, who knows? Who knows what could happen? Uh, I definitely think it would. One of these teams, you know what? Like uh, Washington, sign that guy. Talk about like being able to like rehab your image. But again, that's not the way these people think. It's not. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, so moving on. Uh, this could have been my not. Um, <laughs> instead, I went with Washington because, again, they're just they're the low hanging laughable laughable but the buffalo bills closing the gap uh so uh they have asked the public to front 850 million dollars in public funds to build a new stadium and also to basically pledge six to seven million dollars every single year for various upkeep and maintenance and things. The people. The people. They're asking the people. Uh, so, <laughs> Terry and Kim Pegula are multi-billionaires. Bubba billionaires. Multi-billionaires with the B. And they want to see the people of Buffalo and the surrounding area pony up $850 million, which is... According to this article from uh, Shalise Manza Young uh, on Yahoo, the largest amount of public monies ever given to finance a stadium for a privately owned team. It's disgusting. That's a lot I, of money. It is. And, and I think it's absolutely disgusting for them to ask that much. They're asking them to front the whole bill. The people. <laughs> like, come on. That is just... And, and the... The, the the governor is coming under uh, Kathy uh, Hochul, I think is how you say it, is coming under a lot of fire because they basically like introduced this and put it on the table like the day before the budget was decided, and no one's representatives or anybody could like get together to to figure out like what was going on or look at it or or hear from constituents, and it's like done, passed on the hook. Like really, it it's ridiculous. If you or I want money from the state or the government. The hoops you have to jump through, like it's it's yeah. it's borderline impossible. Uh, you want to go to the bank. You want to get a house. <laughs> it's a strenuous, difficult, adversarial process, and here you have billionaires holding out their hand and asking the people of Buffalo, "Please help us." Ridiculous. Uh, Later on in the article, I want to read this last bit because it was just it was just a very well-written article. Uh, the new facility will be built in, in Orchard Park where the current stadium is, a town of fewer than 4,000 residents over 10 miles outside of Buffalo City Center. Like so many old mill cities, Buffalo would likely benefit from having the stadium built within city limits. A new stadium will mean personal seat licenses – one of the greatest scams in modern history, you have to pay for the right to pay rent for seats, in this case, in a stadium built largely with your tax dollars, assuming you can even afford a PSL and season tickets, which is more exclusion. If you want the people's money, shouldn't all of the people's money, all of the people, get to see what their money help pay for? Yeah, this isn't like, oh, you fund it, and then it's like the public can come. No, you still got to pay to get in. Uh, and what are the people who don't care about the bills? What do they get out of this? Not that now... 
the number of people who don't care about the Bills in Buffalo, I, I'm going to imagine a scant percentage. Yeah. But anywho. Uh, and how are we in 2022 still seeing this these disgusting displays of state and local lawmakers allowing billionaire private business owners to fleece them out of taxpayer funds for facilities the vast majority of taxpayers won't have or don't want access to? And what can be seen as one more concession to the Pagulas Hochul waited to announce the deal until this week, days before the state's annual budget deadline on April 1st, meaning there isn't much time for state legislators to demand changes that benefit the taxpayers who will be funding the stadium. Public assistance always comes with conditions. It does for the alleged little people who are desperate to have four walls and a roof to sleep under at night. The wealthy, in this case the Pagulas, should be no different. Spot on. 100%. Can't say it better myself. So stupid. So stupid. I mean, this this is def- this was definitely in the conversation for a not. That's for sure. I'll tell you that. So, I'm tweeting this out for uh, for those of you uh, who are podcast listeners, uh, and we appreciate you. Uh, you can go to at 360 Sports Show uh, for any of the content that we discuss and and want to send out for you. Um, so that that was almost on my not list, but it's a toss up between. Uh, Cheap billionaires uh, and perennial offenders. <laughs> like Dumb and Dumber. It is. Uh, so that's Christian, a great movie, though. So I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, last thing, uh, I didn't even realize this, but I, I the more I thought about the math, so the Bruins have thirteen games left. Uh, sorry, fourteen games left. I guess thirteen. They're playing right now. Uh, the Celtics only have three. It, that that seems a little crazy to me, right? Because didn't hockey start before basketball? Yeah, it just. It's because of the Olympics. They didn't actually go. Then they had that break, and they put all the COVID games in there. And it's just like, I feel like this NHL season, like they should be. It feels like they have three games left, and it's just 13th. It's just like another month, really, when you think about it. It's another month here before the playoffs start for the NHL. Whereas we're talking about today, Celtics got three games this week. You got the playing games, and off you go in, in, another, in the next couple of weeks here in the playoffs. Yeah. Seems like it's taking forever this year. I don't know what it is. I'm not complaining. I just it's just been like kind of like, man, it feels like it's just dragging. The NHL is just dragging their feet a little bit here. And also the Bruins didn't play early in the season, so now they're just got jam packed here with games. And it makes it hard to follow. You know, like we said, the Bruins they like finally had a home game, and it was like ten days, no games. Yeah, back in like October and November. And then they have like fifty two games in like seventy days because they didn't play any in the first half of the year obnoxious so uh right now ye old bruins are up two to one on the uh columbus Blue they've won Jackets. 16 out of 20 here in the last 20 games though and they've been one of the if not the best team in the nhl since geez thanksgiving time frame we thought they were out of it then i mean they were looking really bad then so they've at least turned it around which is good to see they've put themselves in a position to jump up into the division yeah oh yeah I mean Toronto, right Tor- Toronto seven and three in their last ten. They've won four in a row. Tampa six three and one. They had the win over Tampa, and they're two points back of being, you know, the number two team in the division. And you're not catching Florida. Sorry, not not going to happen. Yeah, no way, no shot. Um, but you definitely have a chance here. I mean, two points is not a lot, so you've got a great opportunity uh, to sneak up into the division. Um, and hey, maybe have some home ice for some playoff games. Yeah, that would that be nice. That would be 
huge. Um, do you think much hinges on that? I mean, obviously they've they've been playing well home and away, but Swayman, you know, having having some younger guys in spots, the home ice is going to make a big difference, right? Um, yes and no. Like in hockey, I feel like. Something about the Bruins, they always choke at home. So I'm like, um, I'm almost, sure, I'd rather be on the road the whole time. I almost feel like, you know what? Just put them on the road and see if they can win a game. It it, it always feels like they be the choke underdog. at home. But um, in hockey, I think it's it, it matters less than say the NBA. But uh, it would still be nice to get a series at least at home where you got Game Seven in your building. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. All of the <sighs> we don't have to go down that. No, we're not going to go down that route at all. <laughs> Certainly not. Um, I just want to check. Uh, you can always email us at the360sportshow at gmail.com for our podcast listeners who maybe want to get in on the action here because uh, we broadcast live Mondays at 7.30 and then the show goes out as a podcast through Sounder FM or wherever you get your podcast from. You can subscribe on any podcast platform and we do not have anything in the mailbox this week, so Christian, uh, unless you have anything left to add, that is going to put an end and a bow on this week's show. Uh, final word on the uh, NCAA championship tonight. Uh, you're a fake Tar Heels fan? Go Kansas. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. We'll have a full breakdown of the March Madness final next Monday. Go Tar Heels.